Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to your favorite films, Trash, where we take your favorite films, dismantle them, tell you exactly why we think they're trash, why we hate them, and why they're terrible. I'm your host, Eric Truman, and I'm joined by my pal, my friend, John, a.k.a. E. Young Eggs Man. Say what's up to the people, John. Hey, what's up, people? How you doing, Eric? I'm good, man. What about you? I'm chilling, man. Uh, I'm ready to rip into this movie. And what movie is that, pal? Oh, you know, it's that hood classic. It's the incomparable. Drum roll, please. Minutes to Society. Recorded in Houston, Texas by 10 Clock Productions. synopsis of Minister Society, uh, just a refresher. Uh, this movie follows Kane. He is an 18-year-old uh, high school graduate living in Watts, uh, Los Angeles, California. He's not really a, a gangbanger or anything like that, but he's just kind of a, you know, a menace Street to society. Precisely. And he's he's gets into all sorts of mischief. Movie starts off with his, uh, his wild pal, old dog, uh, did I say old dog? O-Dog. He's an old by, dog who uh, learns new tricks. Most of those tricks pertaining to murder. Uh, but O-Dog is played by Lorenz Tate. Uh, they basically end up on the run from that, that murder case for the entire movie. Uh, I mean, they're not really going anywhere because they're not doing anything except committing other crimes. But it's hanging over their heads for pretty much the whole movie. Uh, Kane starts selling crack he doesn't really have a job or anything he gets into fights uh he basically uh, one day he's at a party and uh him and his cousin harold go to get i don't know some beer or something from the store uh they stop at a red light somebody pulls up on him kills cousin harold nearly kills uh kane uh after that it's basically a long, uh, not really a long chase, but it's they're they're trying to get revenge on the guys that killed his cousin. So after he heals up, they go, they kill the guy who killed his cousin. Uh, then it's just even you know some more he commits some more petty crimes. He robs a guy, uh, steals his car, gets another. Uh, Robs another guy of his rims. And a double burger with cheese. And a double burger with cheese. He, I, 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 I will say that was a pretty smart move 
in the end, he he, what really kills him off is he gets some girl pregnant. Uh, he basically says it's not mine. He beats up the uh, the girl's brother or cousin or whatever, and they come back around and they shoot him. So basically, it's just the it's 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 hood violence porn, and it, it it's a little. It's problematic, but it's also like not doing anything to solve the problems that it portrays in the movie. <laughs> it just kind of it makes it fun to like shoot at people and rob car. Cause hey man, when he robbed that car and he pulled up, blasting computer love in the park to go get some ribs. There was nothing smoother. Nothing. He was like the uh, Lando Calrissian of Watts. <laughs> so that was my takeaway. So let's get into it. Reason one why this film stinks. Let's talk about the script and why Tupac thought the script was so bad that he felt it was necessary to whoop Alan Hughes' ass. <laughs> this is one of the more fun fun facts in movie fun fact history. Absolutely, yeah. And so, even to get even get into more history behind the movie, even before the movie, it's ninety two, and Set the scene for Hughes Brothers and Tupac are just kind of coming up. Tupac left Digital Underground to start his own uh, solo career. Hughes Brothers are trying to come up, doing music videos. They meet one day. Pac needs somebody to shoot his music video. He gets Alan Hughes. Uh, they shoot the they shoot the video for I think it was my homie. If my homie calls, mm-hmm. and uh, behind closed doors, I think. Alan Hughes really hated the song. I think he said that in an interview one time. He said the song was whack. So there's always been some sort of like deep seated like fake friendship between the two. Some some front of me stuff. Uh, right. Yeah. Fast forward to uh another year. Uh Tupac's a superstar now. Um we've got Alan Hughes and Albert Hughes have sold their, their film to uh New Line Studios. They're about to get it produced. Only caveat is they need studio says they need a platinum recording artist to star in their movie. So Tupac wasn't their first choice. I think they had like Spice One or like uh what's the guy? One of the dudes from NWA, uh I think Ren, MC Ren was supposed to play Kane or whatever. Can you imagine if like anyway, that was a stipulation to make a movie today? That'd be whack because nobody goes platinum except yeah. like, uh, so like, can you imagine if like Marvel was like, yeah, you can make Moon Knight, but you gotta get Drake. <laughs> Drake the Star Shadow. Yeah. <laughs> Disney was just like. That's what they used. That's what they used to do though. That you package a movie and the soundtrack together. Yeah, and it wasn't a bad model. And like, um, like the previous films we've done, this is another movie with a very strong soundtrack. However, oh yeah, it's got DJ DJ L- Quick. Lackluster execution. All the West Coast on the film. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a big part of the movie. Seems like to be I a said, theme it, with these, these uh, late eighties, early nineties hood classics. Seems yeah, a little I, I too much effort like, put in the like HBCU. F- these these black movies are like HBCU football games, where like you go <laughs> kind of for the football, but you're really going for the band. <laughs> 
you know, you go to get like some seasoned fries at halftime, and then you come back, and then the band is like playing Trina or something. Yeah, that's what you go for, and that's much. That's pretty much what this movie was. Uh, it's you know a bed of hot trash uh, plastered on a screen, and then you know you buy the soundtrack as you leave the theater. Yeah. Uh, so that's why that's kind of why they were looking for a, a platinum rapper to star in the movie. Um, but most of those guys dropped out, so they settled for MC8 and uh, Tupac. So, fast forward, they get to the table reads for this movie. Tupac is casted as Sharif, who's the uh, the Muslim guy in this movie. He's like the born-again Muslim. Of course. Uh, what he does at the table read, everybody's reading their lines. Tupac, when it's his line, he stands up and he says, I don't believe... I don't believe this for a second. This guy shouldn't be hanging out. If he's reformed, if he's like trying to turn his life around, he wouldn't be hanging around with crack dealers. Yeah. And that's re- that's a reasonable, you know, complaint, I guess. You know, he doesn't believe in his character. If he doesn't believe in it, why should he play him? I agree. So, you know, any good filmmaker, uh, good filmmakers are good listeners and they're good delegators. And the Hughes brothers happen to be neither. So what they did instead of listening to Tupac, they went outside and Alan Hughes called him a bitch and fired him from the movie. Great strategy. Yeah, I know, right? So, I mean, like, what? I wonder who they were going to replace Tupac with after, like, everybody else dropped out. I wonder what their plan was. Because they they just settled on that weird dude from... um, (laughs) <laughs> from Boys in the Hood who was like who took the football from, from Doughboy when yeah. he was a kid <laughs> the real greasy dude I got enough money to buy me a hundred balls <laughs> he's since was, was Boys in the Hood was Boys in the Hood before or after it was this that Boys in the Hood was before okay that was um yeah John Singleton so he's, and that kind of really, set the table for these LA movies of course and he's you know he's since turned his life around you know from a life of stealing footballs from little children to you know telling them no thank you on the swine at the cookout right <laughs> he said how could you eat that cane <laughs> <laughs> with coleslaw <laughs> I think coleslaw I'm, is worse I, than swine it is, man. It's awful. It's chopped up cabbage and sugar and mayonnaise. Who who put that together? You know who. <laughs> it was Ronald Reagan. Right after crack. You know like, what we it need is. something else. <laughs> it should it, it it might be worse than crack. Oh, without question. I think Coleslaw's responsible for ruining more lives than crack ever has. Crack I will say, improves a cookout. You might yes. see a live performance thanks to a crack-addled relative. Coleslaw can only worsen one. It's torn my family apart. Sorry to hear that, Eggman. I'll never see Sharon again. Thanks to that coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> so but after, uh, they, uh... after which, which, which Hugh brother was it? Was it Albert or Alan? It was, I, I think it was Alan. Um, that called so Tupac Alan, a bitch. Alan called him a bitch. Alan called Tupac a bitch. Uh, so Tupac, you know, he's Tupac. 
he goes on to have a successful career. Of course. Um, a year later, this was maybe not a year later, maybe a couple months later. I think that the Hughes brothers are shooting a music video or they're consulting on a music video, just like in downtime from the movie. Tupac happens to find out one of the Hughes brothers is there. He finds out Alan Hughes is there. Tupac rolls up with, what, 20 guys? And they stomp Alan Hughes into cocoa powder. <laughs> like, he, they, they said they said that Alan Hughes was actually beating up Tupac, but Tupac was just, like, had so many people with him that they just kind of picked uh, Alan Hughes up by the nape of his neck, and they gave him a swirly. I believe it. Like, in... They gave him a swirly, like, in the oil. They lifted up the hood and opened the, the, the oil uh, reservoir. And they gave him a swirly in his own car's oil. And that, that was the end of that. But, well, you know, when he called Tupac a bitch, he had to have known there would be some repercussions. He should have, you know. I, I, it's not. It's never smart to fight rappers just because they have so many people. That And you see it now. Like, maybe you didn't see it back in the 90s when, you know, you didn't know that random people would cape for a rapper like that. But I think it's easier to know now when you see, you know, people riding for J. Cole or, like, I don't know, Stitches or somebody crazy. <laughs> like, you should, <laughs> you, should know, you should know that people will go to great lengths to protect, uh, you know, a, another grown man that they don't know. So I agree. You know, you know. Imagine the fervor with which Tupac's friends, like his best friends, whipped Alan Hughes' ass for him. Like, exactly. And this was in the heat of you know the East Coast West Coast beef. You know oh, that yeah. would that would inform hip hop. You know for the next couple of years. So Tupac's goon squad had to travel deep. Right and. Uh, all of this over a bad script. You got your ass beat over a terrible script. And what did it get you? A few applause at Cannes Film Festival? Doesn't sound like a proper trade-off to me. Yeah. Cannes? Rather go to Raising Cane's. It's Cannes? It's Cannes, isn't it? It is Cannes. I feel like... Or it's, it might be con. It might be like con. It is French. If uh, that's how that's how old people say it though, they be yeah. like, old black people. They be like, "You going to Canes?" <laughs> you going to Canes? I feel like a poor hey, at a fancy have, restaurant. They might as well. Right they now. might as well have called it Canes after you know after loving Cane and Minister Society. Great, great recovery, great form. Big reason, you know, this movie keeps this movie from being what it could 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 be. The lackluster drug dealing ability of our hero, Kane. It's despicable the negligence with which he deals cocaine. <laughs> it's shameful. Shameful. He he deals a crack right in broad daylight. He reaches into his pocket. He hands the the crack to the fiend. With you know, no finesse, no discretion it's like he he might as well have had a crack crack lemonade stand going the way with which he conducted business you see the way he had the crack in his pocket too right he didn't even have it in a bag yeah like, like a little 
There's no type plastic of thing. He had, he had raw crack intermingling yeah. with the lint in his pocket. They were like pennies and buttons. <laughs> he had some lead. He had some uh, mechanical pencil lead. And yeah. Then, and he just said, nah, you can have everything in my pocket, man. For $20? Here you go. He just t- he took he took all of it out, gave him some dust bunnies, mixed in with some crack. But beyond that, is it's like you said, hand to hands in broad daylight are never smart. Uh, you know, if he if he actually knew, you know what it was like to be a drug dealer, maybe they wouldn't have shot that scene the way they did because it's it looks a little ridiculous. Like Eric. Uh, I know you don't buy drugs. Of course. But what if you were to imagine a drug dealer? Is that the way it would go down? You think they would just do it with that kind of uh Well to quote the great Orenthal James Simpson. If I did buy a drug, it certainly wouldn't be in broad daylight in the middle of a parking lot. If I did buy a drug Maybe a secluded meeting in a vehicle under an overpass, someone's home maybe, if I did buy a drug. But maybe not after walking down the sidewalk too, you know. I don't I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't stop, you know, while I'm you know, walking down the sidewalk in deep thought. But also again, not unlike O. J. Simpson, I'm an NFL Hall of Famer. Why would I have any reason to hypothetically break the law precisely and you know if if i'm a if i'm a drug dealer i'm probably gonna know my my clientele a little bit better because i don't i would be in the house probably or seated i don't think door-to-door crack sales is the way i don't think that's a great business model only I mean, because it's outdated. It does work for the. That's different though. Those you got the cute appeal. You know you can't let kids down. Kane was eighteen. He's a little. He's a bit old. I guess you're right. A bit long in the tooth. But I mean, if where would you find a crack? Like, you can walk down the sidewalk in Watts, I'm sure, and find a crackhead, but. I, I think if you set up a nice brick and mortar, if you get your permits, if you I mean, got well, a good you know, business plan. For a city, you know, in the af- you know, still recovering from the Watts riots of the 70s, surely mm-hmm. there had to be some real estate where he could, you know, open up a crack shop. And yeah, get you a nice loan. Get a nice loan, you know, from Uncle Sam. Buy a mm-hmm. war bond. Cash it in. You know. wouldn't even have to go to Atlanta. No. Wouldn't have to go to Kansas? Nope. You can stay right there. I think the most disrespectful part of this movie is the fact that he's so bad at his occupation, which is slinging that rock, that... But, you know, the, the, the amount of success and money he has doesn't reflect that at all. They expect us to believe... I think he deals maybe what three or four cracks in the entire movie. Just a and handful yet, of cracks. Yeah, a hand, literally a handful of cracks, and yet, you know, we see him by you know the five that he's driving around. 
Mm-hmm. He's always he's offering to buy people big wheels and Super Nintendos, and he's leaving stacks of money at Jada Pinkett Smith's house. Where is he getting all his money from? Because it's not just from, it's, it can't just be from the crack. And every literally everybody in the neighborhood sells crack. It can't be booming like that. No, yeah, market was uh market. My was local flooded. mall has twenty like has like eleven sneaker stores. <laughs> that market is far too saturated. So the crack economy, you know, in the in the projects, it has to be similar. Well, you know, his side—he had a side hustle for his side hustle. So he was a crack dealer by day, but he did rob that dude of his uh, of his car for those rims. Of his everything and his double cheeseburger. And his double double burger with cheese. Double burger with cheese, yes, of course. And some and some fries. <laughs> I said with cheese, but... motherfucker. <laughs> I must kill you with some dumb shit. Hey, man! I thought we were supposed to be brothers. You trying to be smart? <laughs> you trying? <laughs> he said, "You trying to get knowledge?" <laughs> that leads me what? to another point that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not to get away from the larger point, but this this movie did birth a lot of, you know, L.A. nigga stereotypes that we see online. Oh yeah. Now I I live here and I may not see them um, as as clearly. As I once did. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and point something out for me. Uh, old dog's accent for one. Oh His yeah, catchphrases, the way he talks. <laughs> I know you ain't acting like no little bitch. Exactly. That's how they all sound to me. They all sound like a uh, not Snoop Dogg, it because Snoop is it. I don't know if you've ever heard the East Siders. Of course. Who hasn't? That's what everybody sounds like. And you know what? People out here say they don't have accents, but they'll say They 100% like, do. Yeah. If you ever if you ever meet somebody from like Compton or something, just ask them to say party, car, uh, you know, things with a hard R. AR. Things with a hard R. R. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, and they also, I was saying, they sound like Ray J. Everybody in that movie sounds like Ray J to me. They Everybody sounds exactly like Ray J. What's and another course, L.A. stereotype uh, that's in that movie? Uh, Porked Core. Porked Core? Porked um, Core. They were in the Porked port Core when uh, Cousin Harold, R.I.P. Cousin Harold, met his untimely demise. Yeah, they shot the fuck out of him. He's probably the first yeah. black person I've ever seen with a nose ring, though. Cousin Harold. He just, yeah, cousin Harold. Cousin Harold was ahead of his time. He was man. He was he was the first in the family with a with a Benz or a BMW. What was he driving? It was a nice car. It was a Beamer. It was a Beamer. He had a Beamer. Uh, he had the nose ring. He had it all. He was a hustler. The following is brought to you by 10 Clock Productions. Hey, I'm Opes. And I'm Cha. And this is The Chicken Social, a show where we talk about sports, politics, pop culture, and anything else that's happening. Basically, barbershop talk, but smart. 
<laughs> you can listen to every episode of the Chicken Social on 10ClackProductions.com, as well as anywhere else that podcasts are sold for the low, low price of free. The Chicken Social at 10 Clack Production. Let's get it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So the third reason why this movie sucks, uh, Ronnie, played by Jada Pinkett Smith, she is kind of the worst mother of all time. Easily. Uh, yeah, I mean, she. So she has a five year old son, uh, whose name escapes me. Uh, I don't. I don't think he was Anthony. Born. I believe. Anthony. That's right. Anthony. Anthony has a awful mother, um, which sucks because his dad's in prison. So he's just kind of going to grow up uh, without. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have a chance. He's screwed, man. Uh, you know, it's a good thing he's moving to Atlanta, though. Because Atlanta, uh, he has the opportunity to become the next T.I. Definitely. He can't do that. In a, like, at least, he'll, at least he'll grow up in an era where uh, he can be a part of something that he's proud of. This kid's gonna hit and music within the age, like right as Outkast is hitting their stride. It's gonna be, he has a oh, lot of, yeah. and Atlanta has a good future ahead of him. Yeah, but you know, in terms of living in in Watts with uh with Ronnie, I think this is kind of a dead end for him, uh, namely because his mom allows so many uh, murderers, drug dealers, drug addicts around his son, and Almost it's just not day. a good look. Every day, I would say it's every day. Uh, you know, she allows Kane, who's you know only eighteen. I can't really get a a good handle on how how old Ronnie is. Um, I, yeah. I assume she, she's older than than Kane. But it doesn't feel like by much. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Uh, I, I would assume she's somewhere in her mid twenties, late twenties. But she looks like twenty two. It looks like. Yeah. And it's never made clear how she, like, supports the household. Because she refuses money from Kane. And like Kane says, ain't nobody got no job around here. So I don't know. They live they live pretty comfortably. There's Super Nintendo at the house. Um, I think I saw some grape drink in the fridge. They're always hey, stocked they in live, 40s. They live in a house. 
They live in a uh, house. Be, they don't live. It's not an apartment. It's not the projects. They live in a house. They live in a house with a front yard. That Kane gets, you know, murdered, and he caught one murder in the front yard. But, uh, you know, she just, ah, uh, she just brings so many, you know, nefarious characters around, and I think it all comes to a head when she throws a party at her house, which is a going away party for, uh, for herself, and for. Uh, also, let's talk about and- that that going away party for just a second. It appeared to be yeah. like a Wednesday night. It did. I think people had work in school the next day, especially Anthony. <laughs> and he's up late at night drinking alcohol while Clifton Powell assaults his mother. It's terrible parenting. You ever notice how they were wearing You ever notice how everybody was wearing all black? Yeah, it was like at that party too. It was like they had just come from a from a crime. Right. But it was weird, like they were like wearing like the big uh big black dickies and you thought I was gonna say it, didn't you? You thought I was gonna say something say something else. <laughs> they were wearing big black dickies, uh, you know, the huge uh black button ups and I think Kane was wearing like some gold or whatever. But anyway, I think they all wore a uniform and I'm not sure why they would all dress in black to play dominoes and drink 40s. Uh, you know, it escapes me. Maybe that's their culture. But I agree. Also, I just I just felt like it was an odd choice. This is it, it's supposed to be a joyous celebration and there was just like a smoky haze over the entire function. And all this went on while like we said a 5-year-old boy was trying to go to bed. While he was locked in, in the room morning. closet. Yeah. He had a book report to read in the morning, and at one o'clock, Too Short is, you know, discussing his plight over the boombox just in the other room. Yuck. But, you know, it just makes me wonder, uh, I, I don't know why she's shocked that Anthony is asking to drink beer uh, when that's, you know, all that's around. Everybody else has a beer. Why can't he have one? Exactly. Everybody else has a beer glued to their hand. And he can't participate. Right. If that's rude. You don't invite somebody somewhere. And then, you know, right. not. He didn't ask to be there. He didn't ask to be born. No. What if he wanted to get up and get some milk? He's going to go in there and see uh, Clifton Powell, you know, rubbing on his mom. And it also seemed like. Clifton Powell had three hands, because I distinctly remember a 40 in his hand while he was fondling <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith. But in some foreshadowing, uh, we see in the intro of the movie, a young Kane with uh, OG Bobby Johnson. And um, he's out with the homies. And he asked for, you know, some alcohol, some alcohol beverage, an adult time beverage. And they tell him no until... Someone says, give that little nigga something to drink. We see that same scenario play out at the going away party. And Jada Pinkett Smith comes out just in the nick of time. But I mean, does it really matter? He was thwarted this time. But soon, right. he'll be sipping on something. Because that's just the kind of characters that, you know, Ronnie lets him associate with. 
It's despicable. It's un- if you ask me. It's unavoidable, and it's sad. You know, it's sad. He might be better off in jail with his dad. Uh, I mean, yeah, OG Bobby Johnson seemed to have it together. Right. At least he'll get some physical. At least he'll like be able to work out instead of sitting in the house <laughs> and playing video games all day. You know. I mean, and you won't get sh- you won't get shot in. in prison. He could he could leave prison at nine with a GED. He'd be ahead of the game. Dude, that that might be the play. That might be the that might be the solution. I think if he goes to prison and lives with his dad, he might be better off than moving to with his mom to Atlanta. That's my theory. The fourth and final reason that this movie sucks is that Fellatio ends up being the reason that everyone of importance in this movie dies. So, if you don't know what fellatio is, it's it's dick sucking. Um, yeah. Oral service. So everybody, di- people just die at the hands of dick sucking. Uh, for whatever. Talk about it, Eggman. So the scene I was I was talking about is the scene with O Dog in the alleyway, and there's this like really ashy like crackhead and. I've never seen a lotion to crackhead, so that was redundant. Um, I mean, but, when you spend all your money on crack, how can you afford a lotion? Right, you can't stay moisturized. Uh, but you're he's there in the alleyway, and he's begging O Dog just for one crack. He just needs one, and just to get him, just to get him through. All he's got is loose change, and he says to O Dog, he says, "Man, I'll suck your dick for it." Uh. That's what O Dog. Great offense to this. They they do a whole like close up of his face. He says, "What'd you say?" You know. Oh, after being offered cheeseburgers, might I add. Uh, so he gets offered cheeseburgers. He gets offered, uh, you know, a blowjob by the crackhead. Blowjob is what sets him off. He kills the guy, and then takes his cheeseburgers. That's the first and, instance of being you know, uh, it's, killed. By, it's obvious by that O-Dog doesn't realize and understand that sexuality is a spectrum. Very right. problematic and closed-minded on his part. Um, right. Disgusting. And who, tar- who turns down free cheeseburgers, man? Right. He wanted to take who you on a good date. Who would turn down a free double burger with cheese? A cheesed burger. A cheesed burger. Now another uh, another scene in which uh, a blowjob kills somebody is actually the first, maybe the second, first or second scene in the movie. We've got mm-hmm. that flashback in the seventies, back with uh, Kane in his childhood, and we're looking at his dad, who's played by Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel uh, L. Jackson, yes. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. L. Jackson. Correct. And they're at the table. They're playing cards, I believe. Uh, and Samuel L. Jackson asks the guy, he says, you got my money? The guy says, suck my dick. He does. And so Samuel L. Jackson stands up, shoots him in the chest four times, sits back down, and starts playing his cards again. Uh which is also crazy to me. Nobody moved or flinched or 
they shot well, the guy. Let me, and they just, let me just they say that I feel like Samuel L. Jackson was right. He cool. knew. They, everybody knew he had put a little money upstate before going down penitentiary. Right. And here he sits at the poker table, acting like everything's sweet. And Samuel L. Jackson just wants his money. So, you know, his request for fellatio, his understanding that sexual, sexuality is fluid, it's a spectrum, that that day... Samuel Jackson might have been in the mood to, you know, suck a penis. That ended up being his downfall. Once again, another I problematic see. moment from this movie. I, I, I will see. say this, though. The part where the guy, where Samuel Jackson points the gun at the other guy after shooting the first dude, <laughs> and he's like, do you owe me money, motherfucker? And he's like, I don't, but here you go. <laughs> That was great. That was great. That's the that one great. bright spot in a terrible script that the Hughes brothers wrote. What Tupac was that guy? Because that's the that's the same dude from Friday. The the uh, the crackhead from Friday. It is. It was right? the same guy. Yeah, it is the same guy. Yeah, I forget his name. How many <laughs> other yeah, productions <laughs> do you think he's popped up as a crackhead? Like, there's got to be a few oh, more it, at least. At least a half dozen. They very craggish. I, 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 you know what? You just see all these actors in this movie from every movie. Uh, every it seems like every black movie has uh, somebody in it that was in Minister Society. Clifton Powell has been in every black movie. Uh, Clifton Powell is like the black community's uh, Kevin Bacon. I think Five Degrees of yeah. Clifton Powell. Yeah, you could connect. Angela Bassett to Rosie O'Donnell somehow. You connect her to Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't know. Some crazy. You can connect her to anybody. You got uh, Bill Duke, the original Bill Duke. black actor. Legend. Duke, Legend of the game. I hope, I hope Bill Duke lives forever, man. Didn't he die? That dude. <laughs> I don't think so, man. Nah, he's dead. <laughs> No way. Nah. He can't be. Bill Duke? I know Bill Nunn died. Uh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Bill, Bill, the, Duke uh, is, Bill Duke is still with us. Thank thank God. Bill <laughs> Whew. Man, you never know, though. R.I.P. Radio Raheem, though. Yeah, right, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we got... Who else is in this? That's in every black movie. You got a uh, well. You know, uh, Tyron Turner was well on his way because he was in Belly. He was. Yeah, you got a. Uh, I think. Oh, you know who we're missing though? We're missing Dwayne Martin. Yeah. Well, that's who I'll, would make. I'll this say one. this: Dwayne Martin was more of an East Coast guy. You're right. He was in a black. He's a more East Coast hood classic guy. This is a you know West Coast center film, and you know some, some, some of some of our our best and brightest bridge that gap, but you can see that you know the aforementioned East Coast West Coast beef of the you know '90s hip hop scene it extended a little bit to our cinema, where you could see a bit of a divide with you know the stories being told in the different coasts. 
But as I said, few actors did bridge that gap. But you know, some of them, some of them, you know, they 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 only played home games. Is there anything that redeems this movie? Do you think another another great memeable film? I'd probably say this film gives us more gifts than you know still memes but i mean you know you've seen it the gif has pretty much you know become the default you know reaction photo you can do so much more with a gif than you can with a still photo but i, I still respect both in the medium but you know the the tiptoe we talked about that's that's a big one you know i've seen <laughs> yep. that classic classic gif um O-Dog pointing the gun at Kane while he was, you know, looking at his rims. I've seen that, you know, in circulation. I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, untapped meme potential in this movie. What do you think? And I mean, they gave us a, they gave us an all-time classic line too. Uh, Bill Duke, once again, uh, with the, you know, you done fucked up, right? Of course. How could I forget? Classic. I mean, and that, that goes beyond black cinema. It's, you know. It, I, it, it goes I probably said it just yesterday. Movies, and it's just a it's just a film, a classic film line in general. And you know, what really drives it home is the fact that he repeats it eight times to really drive it home. He knew he, <laughs> he knew he had something there. <laughs> he came up with. I, I think Bill Duke came up with that. <laughs> I think he's smart enough and those, good enough of an actor. Those awful Hughes brothers certainly weren't responsible. Oh heavens, no. And lastly, you know, the last redeeming quality of this dumpster fire that is Menace to Society. Once again, the soundtrack. Here we are back again. Your favorite film is trash. Lackluster film. Amazing soundtrack. Right. Yeah, there was a there was a song on here that always sticks out to me though, that always kills every like it's it's the DJ Quick song, uh can't it's the it's the DJ Quick song where he's dissing the dude from uh the jump around dude the group uh, Everlast he's dissing yes. Everlast from that Irish rap group from Boston and it just it was weird like like if you don't know like the the rap even if you do know the rap history behind it it's just a weird song where he's talking about like. Like Everlast butt, like he says he's got like a big butt, and Very strange. he's gonna, he's gonna like you know, he's gonna do one intercourse with Everlast or something. Like rap was That's weird, not man. We can get behind not because of the homosexuality, which we fully support here at your favorite film is trash. Um, but right. it doesn't sound like he has the consent. No, and he's doing it to shame him. So we're we're yeah. big anti slut shamers. Mm-hmm. And that just, you know, it, again, the, it goes uh, with the time. It's 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 a it's a product of the time, you know. It was yeah. very a, a very a, you know, a less evolved film, which you could yeah. you can consider that your reason five because the list could go on and on really. All right, well, I think about that. That about wraps it up. Eggs, do you have anything else that you want to add? Nah, man. I think I you know I think I rambled you know enough. I think same, I got what same, I. Same. I think I got it. Got it all out. Yeah, just you know, just to just to close it out, Men's Society, we can recognize that it's a hood classic. It didn't birth the genre, but it's pretty, you know, vital 
and the success of it. It's part of the. It's a. It's a. It's a huge staple in the canon. Of yeah, it, it is. And but there's just. But I would. Just, I would be remiss to point out that the the, uh, the sound editing was awful. That the actual editing was awful. That the acting was awful. Writing was bad. Rock was awful. Man, it's just a really shitty movie. I think that's all that needs to be said. Thank you guys for listening. X, thank you for. Oh man. You know, being here with me. Pleasure's all mine. Oh stop. X, where can the people find you at between episodes? You can find me on Twitter at J L S P R U I L L. You guys can find me on Twitter at Eric Truman with an underscore. I hate the underscore at the end of my name, but it's something that we all have to deal with and something that I have to mention, or else you won't be able to find me. So, you can also find the written articles for your favorite film's trash that we've done on TinCockProductions.com, where you can find the Chicken Social Podcast, um, some other great stuff on there. Shout out to Open Chop, once again, for putting this all together. Shout out to Tin Clock, and we'll see you guys next time. 